The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. So in pandemic 2020, some of us are making it, some of us are doing okay, and others are not doing well at all. On today's show, I'm going to talk to you, you who are not doing well, you who are in a pit, you who are barely making it, you who don't even want me to talk to you right now, you who want to turn away as I am doing this show, but you who are going to listen anyway, because God wants to meet you right where you are on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch. I'm so glad you could be with me. And yes, did you notice that is a new haircut? And yes, did you notice I cut my hair myself? And that is why I'm wearing a hat. The things you do during pandemic 2020. Uh, So on today's show, I want to talk to those of you who aren't making it. And those of you who are doing okay, could you stay with me and pray for those who are going to hear today's show? I think this is incredibly important. I'd like you to pray for those who are listening right now, who right now, they are struggling. There's someone listening who's struggling, who is really going through a difficult time. Uh, They feel like they're in a pit. Uh, They're in a place of despair. They're in a place of hopelessness. It's not our job to talk people out of it, to tell them it's not a big deal to tell them just to turn that frown upside down. Uh, By the way, the best way to turn a frown upside down is just to stand on your head. Uh, But it's not not helpful to try to minimize what someone is going through. But I don't want to just do radio or podcast as normal. Uh, Let's address what's going on. And right now, there are people who are barely making it. I know as a pastor uh, of a congregation in the Puget Sound region that I have talked with people who are barely making it. And uh, with that said, I want to address today's show uh, to you, to you who is listening and you're not even wanting to listen or you're ready to stop listening if I say something that is just too much to hear. First, I want to thank you for listening. And second, I want you to know that my heart is to truly to try to meet you where you're at. And third, I do know I'm enumerating things and I don't know why I just do that sometime. And yes, fourth, I'm still going to use humor because that is who I am, regardless of how bleak things get. I use humor in my life. Um, Here is the number you can contact uh, the show at if you want uh, to uh, just text me. Uh, The number is 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. And what I'm going to share here is some things about the counsel of God, about uh, our relationship with God, and then about next steps. And I I would hope that you could stay with me in this. And even if you disagree with me, I believe that God will still help you. I believe God will still help you. And God can come to you and say, you know, Doug doesn't know what he's talking about. Doug really doesn't know what you're going through, but I can help you. I believe that. I don't believe your next step is going to be limited by 
how good I am at doing what I'm trying to do. But I've been praying for you, I've been thinking about this, that I really want today's show to be geared not towards everyone, but to be geared towards the person right now who's just like, I, I don't know if I can take this. I just, this is too much. You're just in a pit. You're overwhelmed. You feel lost. You're incredibly depressed. You're incredibly anxious. Uh, whether you're angry, anxious, overwhelmed, you feel forgotten, you're struggling with your faith, you're struggling, you understand, like, I cannot list all the realities that are out there, but you just know, you're, I, I just, I don't need another sermon on the three points of this and the four points of this. So this is what I prayed about, and this is what I'm going to bring you, and I, I just hope it encourages your heart. First, I was thinking about this, that faith, faith is something that does not allow for intermediaries. In this, that Christ went to the cross to remove all intermediaries. Intermediaries are someone you have to go through in order to find God. And Christ removed that. So faith removes all intermediaries. But with that, that means that I cannot hand my faith off to you. So no matter how much faith I have right now, I might have tremendous faith. I might just be like, wow, God is so close to me, and God is so true and real, and I might even have faith for you, but I can't take my faith and hand it off to you. No matter how real my faith is in my hands, like I can just feel it in my hands, this, this faith, this substance, it's so real, it will dissolve as I pass it into your hands. I cannot be the source of your faith. Now, I can testify to my faith. I can exercise my faith. I can point to the source of my faith. I can make room for the one who enlivens my faith. But I cannot be faith for you. And that's a frustration. And, and there's some of you listening where Right now, you're in a good place, and you're trying to help others, but it's frustrating that you can't convince people to take next steps. You can't convince people, because no matter how great faith is for you, you cannot be someone's intermediary. I want to speak to those of you who are struggling greatly right now. Those of you who are in a pit of despair, isolation, self-hate, self-hurt, and destructiveness. Those of you who are embracing spiritual distancing to accompany your social distancing. You're like, I, I can't talk to anyone. It's kind of the self-fulfilling cycle of distance. N I, no one cares about me, but I can't talk to anyone. I'm not important to anyone, but I don't want to be around anyone, or I don't want anyone to call me. I, don't, I, I won't reach out for help, but no one wants to help me. And it's the spiral of distance. First, I'm just going to point out some things from the scripture that are true, and you don't have to believe it right now. I'm just going to point out what the Scripture says. Scripture has promised us that God will never leave us. And I believe this, and I believe this not during the times when I've had many people around me, but I learned to believe this when I went through great trauma in my life, when I became very sick as a kid, and I basically was not able to do the things I wanted to do, and I found myself in places of profound isolation, where no one could be with me, where I didn't have a future, where I was too sick to go to school. I was too sick to dream about a future where the only thing I had was God's promises, where the only thing I had was the scripture 
in God's presence. And so I went to the scripture like, what is certain when everything else is taken away? But in the scripture, Jesus promises us that he will not leave us as orphans. He will never leave us in a place of abandonment. John 14, 18 to 24, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus promised that after he went to the cross, uh, and in John, he points this out, he's going to give us the Holy Spirit and that he's going to be with us. That he's not going to leave us as orphans. That his presence will always be with us. That nothing will ever be able to separate us from his presence and from his love through the Holy Spirit. Not only have we been promised the presence of God, the comfort of God, the comforter, but also the counsel of God. That we always have the counsel of God that will give us life-giving next steps. And I'm just going to read a few scriptures here. Psalm 73, 24 says this, With your counsel you will guide me, and afterwards receive me to glory. The counsel of God is always available to guide us into next steps. Psalm 16, verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. That the Lord gives us counsel. And we know with the Psalms, even in the darkest night, even when we're surrounded by our enemies, we know with Psalm 23, uh, that the Lord not only counsels us, but he makes us lie down in green pastures, even when we're surrounded by our enemies. He prepares a table for us of provision, of counsel, of direction, of next steps. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. The Lord's eye is upon us, and he will give us next steps. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For a child will be born to us, this is speaking of Messiah, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Christ has come to counsel us, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Jeremiah 32, 19 says this, Great in counsel and mighty in deed whose eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men, giving to everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. Psalm 33:11 says this, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his hearts from generation to generation. He does not leave us alone as orphans, but he comes to us through his spirit, and he comforts us, and he counsels us. Proverbs 19.21, many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. I want to just speak as, as well as I can about how we can activate next steps if we are in a, in a pit, if we're in a place of just, I, I don't know what to do, if we're in a place of despair. First, I have to tell you, right? I cannot be your faith. No sermon can be your faith. No person can be your faith. No one can be your intermediary. This is, with ministry, this is probably one of the biggest frustrations that 
you can't do this. And sometimes pastors want to do this, and this is why you get controlling uh, pastors who begin to control congregations, controlling leaders, where you say, follow my systems, follow my steps, follow my legalism, and they begin to tell, you know, you're, you're, you're this, you're righteous. If you don't do that, you're not righteous. And just yield your will to me. And if you do what I want you to do, then you're doing the right thing. And you can see why pastors might gravitate towards that. Because it's incredibly frustrating when you can see someone who is in a pit of despair, when someone is in a place where they're harming themselves and others, and you know that the only next step they can make is within their hands, that you cannot make it for them, that faith is not translated that way, that I can't be their faith. And so what do you do? You try to be their faith. You try to create a system where you say, no, no, you're not responsible for that. Let me be responsible for that. You just surrender your responsibility to me. And we know whenever anyone surrenders their spiritual responsibility to someone else, great wickedness occurs. That there's no intermediaries. That it's just Christ in you. And I know that right now, where you're at right now, Christ is with you. You are not alone. Whenever there's one in the room, Christ is with you. Christ is always with you. You're never alone. Christ is always with you. And whenever there's two in the room, there's always three in the room. It's you and that other person and Christ. And so even if someone else is not being who they should be, Christ is there. And Christ sees. And Christ knows. So we are never alone. So ways to activate next steps, ways to move forward from this place, this pit, this isolation. First, I just have to say this to you, we must fight the battle. You must fight the battle. Your battle is very clear. It's the next step. You must take that next step of faith. Sometimes we make it about everything but the most important thing. The most important thing is that next faith step. God has a next step for you. God has strength that will accompany that next step. But no one can take it for you. Right now, in this moment, in this eternal now, God has a next step for you. It is a clear step. It is not a confusing step. It is not an impossible step. It is a purposeful step. And it is only the step that you can take and only the step that God can reveal to you. And if you yield that step to anyone else, it is not the step that God has called you to take. It is not the step of, well, I need another sermon to tell me to take a step. I need a friend to call me to take a step. I need a pastor. I need something else. I need my situation to change to take that step. No, God has a next step for you. Now, in writing things down here, I am in, in danger of even being your next step, but this is the nature of communication, and I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit will translate what I'm saying. But this is the reality. For you to move forward, you must fight like you've never fought before, to fight for your present and to fight for your future. And the fight is within your hands, and you are not alone in the fight. You are not left alone as an orphan, but you have the Holy Spirit to contend with you and for you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
you need to take that next step. Take the next step. Move forward. Fight the battle. Your battle is the next step. Your battle is not that the feeling disappears. Because the feeling might not disappear. If you're waiting for the feeling to disappear, you'll wait forever. If you wait for the despair to disappear, you'll wait forever. If you wait for the hurt to disappear, you'll wait forever. It's not that the situation would change. If you wait for the situation to change, you'll wait forever. If you wait for the right person to call you, you'll wait forever. And God does not want your health to be dependent upon the right person calling you. That is not a rescue. That is a dependence. That is an intermediary. Because even if that right person calls you today, you're going to need them to call you tomorrow, or next month, or next year. Ultimately, our rescue comes from this, that that person doesn't need to call for you to take that next healthy step. Ultimately, our rescue comes from we don't need the feeling to change for us to take that next healthy step. Ultimately, the healing occurs when we don't need the situation to change for us to take that next healthy step. It's not that I say the right next thing. If you're waiting for me to say the right next thing in order for things to change, it's not going to be enough. You can take that next spirit-led step. This is your only choice. This is your only choice to take that next spirit-led step. And that next spirit-led step might simply be surrendering. Surrendering to prayer. That you've been refusing to pray. You said, I don't feel like it. I'm waiting for the situation to change. I'm waiting for someone to call me. I'm waiting for something. You don't feel like it. You must surrender to prayer. Maybe it's surrendering to the word. I don't want to open my Bible. I don't want to read the word. I don't want to believe. Maybe you have to surrender to the word. Surrender to calling someone and receiving the comfort of others. Not just to call, but to surrender and say, I'm going to call that person. And when they encourage me, I'm going to say thank you. When they pray for me, I'm going to say thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to spend my whole time just talking about why. No, I, no, it doesn't work. And why. I'm just going to say, I'm not only going to call the person. I'm just going to surrender to say, here's Christ encouraging me. It is amazing how we can say, God, you're distant. You won't encourage me. You won't come to me. You're silent. And then your friend speaks the goodness of God over you, and you say, no, I don't want to hear that. And your neighbor speaks the goodness of God over you, and you go, I don't want to hear that. And I'm speaking the goodness of God over you, and you're like, I don't want to hear that. That's not God. That's just some guy on the radio. That's not God. That's just my friend. That's just my pastor. That's just my parents. That's just my brother. That's just my sister. And we cut off the voice of God from the people God sent to us. We are the body of Christ. And when your friend speaks the words of God to you, you can either receive those or you can reject them. Maybe it's to surrender. Surrender to calling, to reaching out, to texting. If you say, that's impossible, I can't do that, that's not who I am, then that's exactly who you are. Because it's going to require that you battle and you fight and you do something you've never done before. If you do what you've done before, you're going to find yourself right where you are right now. It's going to require that you do the next spirit-led thing. Maybe it's going to require that you surrender to doing the next good thing brought to your mind. Just the next good thing. Just like, oh, 
you know what? Life feels miserable, hopeless, meaningless. What should I do next? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a note to the elderly woman that came to my mind because she no longer has her husband, and I'm going to bless her. I'm going to take my eyes off me. I'm going to bless her. And even if I still feel like garbage, I'm going to bless her. And you just start living for the next good thing that comes to your mind. Maybe that's what it requires. Maybe it's surrendering to rebuking every lie and false thought. Not waiting for me to rebuke it, but you rebuke it. No, I'm not worthless. No, I'm not useless. No, my life isn't over. No, this isn't the end. No, I'm not ugly. You rebuke every lie. You write down the lie, you cross it out, you burn that piece of paper. You say, that is garbage. That's a lie. I don't have to believe that lie. Maybe it's surrendering to walk through this season of isolation. Maybe it's that. I'm just, you know, this feels like an eternity, but I'm just going to walk through it. No matter how I feel, I'm going to walk through it. Maybe it's surrendering to assess less, less, assess less. That's hard to say. Assess less and live more. Be less in your head and more just live more. This is not a good time to assess your life. In isolation, when you can't see people, when we can't touch people, when we're living you know, alone in our apartments, and this is not a good time to assess your whole life. This is more of a time just to do tasks and to live life. You'll have plenty of life to assess. Maybe assess less and live more. Maybe surrender to being less selfish and more life-giving. Just like, I'm just not going to focus on me. These might be important things, but there's everybody else on the planet other than me to focus in on now. Maybe this, just this month, just this month, you're going to say, you know what? For a month, I'm just going to focus in on everyone else but me. After that, all me. But just this month, someone else. Maybe it's to start writing letters to others, to turn your eyes on someone else. Maybe it's to go outside and to walk in the sun. I cannot make you exercise faith. But God has a next step for you. Because even as I read this list, for some of you, those are not the things you're supposed to do. But God has a next step for you. I cannot make you exercise faith. But God has a life-giving, transformative next step for you. You know, sometimes in AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and other anonymous programs, uh, they can, there can seem to be a coldness when people share all the reasons for why they are stuck in their addiction. People will share elaborate stories of all the hurt and harms that led to their addiction. And although there might be compassion in the room, those in recovery ultimately know that spending hours cataloging our trauma will not be enough for us to take that next step forward. There must come a time, a decision, a time when we admit that we are powerless, that we need help from our Creator and help from those who have gone before when we allow a higher power to lead us forward. Not a tra traumatic past or a dark, hopeless present to bind us to an endless, meaningless present. We must make room for a Spirit-led next step. God has a next step for you. I can't take it for you, but you can take it. Would you pray with me right now? Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would give every person listening the faith to believe that there is a next step and the courage to trust that their next step is a worthy one. 
If the next step is simply taking a walk, let them take it in faith. If the next step is simply to read scripture, let them take it in faith. If the next step is simply to call out every lie and to rebuke it in Jesus' name, let them take it in faith. But Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would show each person that they have a next step to take. I speak against every lie, every false accusation, and I say that the enemy of our souls must flee. Satan, you have no authority or power in our lives. We cast out every false spirit and every demon. And we pray that the blood of Jesus would cover every listener and every home in the powerful and the wonderful name of Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Give us next step. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for not making fun of my haircut. Uh, If you want to text me, here's the number 360-818-4513. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find more information about what I do, to find my book, fairlyspiritual.org. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He has next steps for your life. Thanks for letting me talk with you today. I do love you. I'll be praying for you. Pray for me. I'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.